is Holistic Health Masterclass Podcast, and I'm your host, Brett Hawes. Wanted to welcome you back to another episode, and I don't have any announcements today or anything like that, but I did want to take a quick minute to express my gratitude for your ongoing support. We have now reached almost 100,000 downloads. Uh, We have got listeners in 55 different countries, which is pretty amazing uh, just to think about that. And all of this is organic. Um, As you will know, there is no advertising on the podcast. We are not spending money on uh, advertising this at all through Facebook or any other social media platforms. So this is truly a passion project and a labor of love. And I'm starting to see that uh, listeners like yourself are actually sharing this content with your friends, your family, and your community. So thank you once again for your support. Um, I have some awesome guests coming down the pipeline, um, and I'll get to today's guest in just a second. But just to give you a little glimpse as to what's coming down the pipeline, um, I have Del Bigtree, who many of you might know from the world of vaccines. So he's coming on the show. That's sure to be a controversial one. I have my friend and colleague Joy McCarthy coming on the show, who many of you might know. Uh, She's going to be talking about probiotics and microbiome, particularly with regards to children. Um, I have Dr. Jen Myers coming on talking about nutrigenomics and genetics and uh, a bunch more other guests. So I'm excited about the next few months. Um, There are sure to be some awesome episodes. And as you longtime listeners will know, I like to switch things up and keep things diverse under the umbrella of holistic health. Uh, So on to today's guest. Uh, Many of you might be familiar with his work, uh, have perhaps have read some of his books, and most likely have taken his products. So today's guest is Udo Erasmus. Uh, Udo is the owner and formulator for Udo's Choice line of supplements. Uh, You will see that they make things like probiotics, digestive enzymes, and probably the flagship products are their oil blends. So 369 blends, flax oil, and so on and so on. Um, He is also a very accomplished author. So the book, which I consider to be the definitive book on fats, is called Fats That Heal and Fats That Kill. Um, don't try and read it all in one go. It's it's quite the textbook. But uh, to date has not been a better book that I've seen on fats. His latest book, Total Sexy Health, is really the culmination of his life's work. And when you get into Udo's story, uh, you know, where he came from, his journey, getting into things like creative writing, getting into philosophy, into the hard sciences, uh, what you're going to love about this episode and about his book is that it really looks at the sort of eight pillars or foundations of what it means to achieve total health. And for a lot of us out there, we are under this pretense that if we just eat right and exercise, that we will be healthy. And while those things are important, obviously, uh, the spiritual side and the mental, emotional side of health is often forgotten. The relationship and community side of things is forgotten. We forget about our connection to nature and so on and so on. And so what I love about this particular episode is we get a chance to really take a step back and go down many, many different roads uh, under the umbrella of total health. Um, I think I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, There's a lot that we cover here, and I hope that it makes you think about things that perhaps you've never thought about or makes you think about things that you have forgotten about. As always, if you enjoyed today's episode, please share, subscribe, review, do whatever you can do to help me bring more awesome guests like Udo. 
So on that note, let's hop right into today's show with my guest, Udo Erasmus. Hey, Udo, welcome to the show. Thanks for coming. Hey, glad to be on, Brett. Um, you know, I'm just going to have a little bit of a fan moment here before we hop into the topic today, because uh, I came across your work as a teacher And your sort of landmark book, uh, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill, was one of my textbooks, even when I was a student and then later became a teacher. And so that was my introduction to you. And that book still, um, to this day, is a book that I reference. It's a book that I go back to. But, um, you know, before, I'm sure we'll touch that on our travels. But I want to start from the beginning. And really, you know, you have a very interesting story um, of how you got into all of this. I find your personal history is also very interesting. So perhaps we can sort of start from there and then we'll find our way into um, the topic of today, which is total sexy health. Right. Okay. Well, the big story is I was born during the Second World War and I was a refugee when I was two years old, fleeing from the communists chasing us in tanks and trucks. And the allies were shooting at us from planes on the roads that we were fleeing on. And my mother uh, f- decided that the, ro- that the fields were safer than the roads, so she took two of her, the six kids in her charge, left the other four it, with the farmer. And I don't remember that much other than the anxiety and the fear and the, the uncertainty and the chaos and the hunger from that time. I don't have too many picture memories. Uh, And since I was six years old, when I listened to people arguing about really stupid things, it occurred to me that there must be a way that human beings can live together in harmony and decided I was going to find out how. And that's kind of been my driver all through my life into sciences and then biological sciences to figure out how creatures work, how things work, how creatures work, and then into uh, psychology, how thinking works, and then into self-knowledge to find out how I work. So that's kind of the long backstory. Right. And, and uh, how old were you when all of this was going on? I mean, you must have just I was two years old when, when wow. we were fleeing. So it was 1945. I was born in 42. And, um, and I was six when I decided that I was going to find out how people can live in harmony. And it's possible. And I found it out. And that's the, the first book, Fats and Oils, came out of pesticide poisoning that made me realize that health is my responsibility. And so I was looking through the research and realized how much damage is done to oils by bad processing and developed a method for making oils with health in mind and then developed flaxseed oil and then developed a blend that's better balanced than flax. That's, right. So, uh, so, so let, let's just touch on that for a minute because, um, yeah. you know, obviously that was my introduction to you is through, through fats and all of that. Yeah. Uh, and when, when exactly did you write the fats book? That was in the 80s, no? Yeah, I, I got poisoned in 1980. My marriage broke up and I wanted to kill something. And so I took a job as a pesticide sprayer. Oh, no way. It's a true story. It's a true story. Wow. And I did it for three years very carelessly. Then I got poisoned in 1980. I got poisoned in 1981. Omega-3s were established as essential, so the timing was very good. And I did my writing between 1980 and 1986 when the original version of Fats and Heal, Fats and Kill was... Um, was published, and I actually used it as my PhD thesis in nutrition. 
Wow. And yeah, for those of you listening, if you have not read that book, um, I, I highly suggest if you're looking for the definitive book on fats, that is it. Um, and I think everyone else now in this sort of paleo keto space is really just sort of um, uh, adding some window dressing to what Udo has done, um, you know, going back 30 years now. Yeah. yeah. Well, the problem with keto, just like since we're on the topic, keto works for weight management because carbs when you eat more than you burn they the body turns them into fat and then you wear them as right. fat keto diet uh, is always a diet where fat is the major fuel is better from a weight management perspective than carbs so that's a good step but there's a difference between fats that heal and fats that kill and most keto diets don't make the distinction and they use stable fats that are not that good for you and long term there are negative health consequences on those diets mm -hmm. so everybody wants to hear but long term you got to be careful and you well, got to make sure that at least you get your essential fatty acids optimized but nobody in keto wants to work with them because they are shelf unstable so they have to be refrigerated and that's a pain in the butt and people mm -hmm. want to do the quick and easy, even if the results long-term are not that good. Yeah, and I, I guess, um, you know, on that note, I'll add that I don't think we've really had a good long-term run at, you know, a large majority of the population being on that diet to really see what the long-term implications are. Yeah, um, but the research is already saying that uh, there, there are negative effects. Hmm, interesting. Because and yeah, yeah that, that's a debate, uh, a debate and a story for, uh, for another day because um, I know yeah. that we would have a good talk about that. But I yeah. do want to um, sort of bring us on, on topic today and talk about your new book, um, yeah. which has been recently published called Total Sexy Health. Yeah, the um, book of what, Total Sexy Health. Yeah. yeah, so what, I mean, for, first of all, what sort of prompted you to write the book? Like, how did you, you know, where did this idea come from? And we'll pick the book apart, but what prompted you? What's the intention behind the book? Well, that was, that was the result of my 69-year journey to figure out how people can live effectively. So it's a book mm -hmm. on nature and human nature. It's a book on health. And the reason why sexy, sexy is the power word. Everything is sold by sexy. And we are sexy by nature, and nature is sexy. And, and uh, each part of human nature confers a part of our potential sexy to us when, we're, when we live in line with that part of our nature. And when we get out of line, then that part, the part of sexy, it confers to our total picture. It uh, leaves the building, and when we get back in line, we get it back. That's the model. And the reason why sexy, other than it's a power word, everybody uses sexy to sell you everything. Mm -hmm. And they do it because it works, because it is the power word. What I thought is that somebody ought to use sexy to sell people on themselves. And that's what, <laughs> I'm, and that's what I'm trying to do in the book. Right. Because and so much is sexy, and sexy is not like... You, you know, it's not penis enlargement. We're not talking about that. Sexy is full on. It's like being present. It's being comfortable in your own skin. Being able to live life as a light, as a presence, as a, as a power. Uh, you know, and we call that sexy. It gets people's attention in a good way. 
it's heartfelt, uh, it's life-affirming. Sexy is all of that. And there, and there are eight parts to nature and human nature that confer sexy to us. And we need to give each one its due. And they're all different, but they work together in a very integrated way. And so, and, and I, do, I do like what you've done because, um, you know, I think you hit the nail on the head where uh, using a power word like that to, to sell something. And then when you actually get into the book and read it, um, I found it to be quite a profound read where yeah. you know, there's a lot of sort of quote unquote self-help books these days that are very, very, you know, it's all me, me, me. It's very yeah. introspective. It's very, you know, eat your fruits and vegetables and meditate and everything's going to be okay for you. And the, the, the thing that I love about your book is you sort of really open the net wide up and say, well, look, it starts with you. And there are these different parts of sexiness and we'll get into that in a minute. But really, it's, it's about you and then also it's about the whole, you know, for us as, a, as, a, as humanity and as a planet. And that right. kind of actually took me a little bit by surprise, but I, I, I love what you've done with that. Yeah, well, yeah, everything, everything affects health. So if you want to be really healthy, you can't just do food and fitness. Mm -hmm. You've you got you to give everything it's due. So like, for instance, politics affects health. You know, Donald Trump affects health. No question about it. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, what, how, we're, how we're doing international relations affects our health. What we see on TV affects health. What we're doing to the environment affects health. How we're doing relationships affects health. I mean, and that's all the outside stuff, right? right. The crises we invent affects health. The, how we, of course, how we eat and, and how we work out or exercise or how active we are, that affects health too. Mm -hmm. And then how we feel about being alive, like deeper stuff, you know, and whether we're in touch with the energy that we call life, that is our, that's, that is our juice, that affects health. And when we're out of touch with, you know, if we're inspired, that affects health. And if we're depressed, that affects health. So there's, uh, everything affects health. And under the umbrella of health, we literally can address every issue on the planet and that's exactly what i'm trying to do this is an overview of the whole t territory yeah so 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 before we get into it two questions that sort of come to mind here um and i'll i'll ask them up front and we can get into it but one you know do do you feel that our external environment has really really damaged our health i mean you know all of the things that you just said politics relationships um finances yeah overwork, yeah. you know, cost of living, blah, blah, blah. I mean, do you feel this is really taking a detrimental toll on, on our health as a global society? Of course. Mm -hmm. Of course. I don't think there's any question about it. You know, you cannot argue that every atom of carbon that you burn will take two atoms of oxygen out of your breathing air. And then it goes on from there. But the, the truth is, it's not the environment that's, it's not nature that's messing us up. It's us messing up nature that's me messing us up. And the source of why we're messing up nature has to do with who we are as people and what we're ignorant about and how we are disconnected from ourselves. Because, mm -hmm. you know, if your life is crummy, why would you take care of your family or your relationships or your jobs? and not just do the minimum, or why would you take care of your environment? If you, if you think your life is crummy, 
then you're going to, that's going to, that's your state of being. That's going to show up in everything you do. And so state of being is super important. Actually, the most important thing of all of this. So, 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 so in a sense, you know, what I'm gathering is that it's almost like our external environment is reflecting back to us what's going on internally. Yeah, uh, exactly. And then, then it just kind of, it's an, it's an infinitive cycle, right? It's just, exactly. Nature yeah. didn't, you know, nature was always our support system and our resources. And, uh, you know, it deserves great gratitude and it deserves respect because it can also be dangerous. But it's like 99% resources and 1% danger. What we're doing is we're overemphasizing the, the danger and we're not paying attention to the, the resources. And because we are not living a life that, where we feel you know, uplifted or inspired, uh, it's all too much work to take care of the planet that we live on, that mm -hmm. provides everything. It's all too much work. So we, we may, you know, and, and then we have a, a system where you want to be free to do what you want, but no responsibility goes with it for cleaning up the messes you make with your freedom. Yeah. Because it's not, because it's not thoughtful or wise what you're doing. I mean, I say you, I mean me. We all do it. Yeah, and it, it kind of brings me into the next sort of follow-up question or thought is, you know, the, the culture that we live in these days is very much, uh, you know, we're, we're staunch proponents of individualism, you know, yeah. and, it's, and, and I sort of internally feel that individualism has now been extended to almost this like quasi-narcissistic type of behavior, you know, where it's the culture of me, it's just me, me, me. Right. And, and I feel like a lot of that has actually been lost because yes, self-care is important. Yes, self-help is important. But I, I sort of feel like in a sense that it's, it's self-help at the detriment of anyone else, you know? So it's like, don't, don't give a shit about anyone else. It's just about you. Right. Um, and, and that I feel is sort of like perpetuating these things that we're talking about. Right. Although I, I look at it a little bit different. Uh, you know, what we call selfish, and I think you're talking about that selfish, it's just about me. What we call selfish, I call foolish. Mm. Now, the reason why I say that is that uh, I say we are not selfish enough because if we did what, what is really good for us, and that has to do with becoming present in all of our being, that we will feel so good about being alive that our state of being in its expression will help other people and other things be also more, more happy, more uh, glad to be alive. Mm -hmm. and, and because we're, we're doing foolish stuff, not selfish stuff, selfish meaning for, for, for ourselves, you know, when people steal stuff and they lie and they damage the environment, that's not selfish, that's foolish because we're basically cutting the branch off the tree. You know, the branch we're sitting on, we're cutting it off. Right, right. You know, and oh yeah, when the branch goes down, oh, oh shit, do we go down too? Yes, you do. And that's but, what's happening. <laughs> so what I say to people is you need to be more selfish. You need to take time where you just get still and sit with yourself and feel what it feels like to be alive. Because when you get into that stillness, you discover that your life is ecstatic. And when your life is ecstatic, you feel taken care of. 
And when you feel taken care of, there's nothing left to do except to help get everything else on the outside taken care of. Right. And that, that, that's really um, this, out of the sort of eight um, key points or chapters, or I, I don't know what, you, what term you would use, but you know, for Total Sexy Health, you have these eight branches that you talk about yeah. in the book. And that really them, ties into the first one, right? Yeah, I call them the eight key parts designed by nature. And okay. yes, this would be the first one. The first one is, you know, when we, we're always looking to feel taken care of. And we do it by making money or getting sex or becoming famous or, or having power or whatever, whatever the things we are, what we do or, you know, going to the movies or doing entertainment or finding distractions or going on holidays or vacations, you know, and we're always, there's everything, the driving force inside of human beings is to feel taken care of or feel fulfilled or feel whole to use the more the health-like term. And that's our driving force, but it's our driving force because we don't, in the core of our being, feel taken care of. And the problem with that is that when we don't feel taken care of, we will only do what we think will take care of us. We not, won't necessarily do what needs to be done. And, and take, feeling taken care of is an inside job. Nothing on the outside keeps you feeling taken care of for long and mm -hmm. until you get to the inside job reconnected and you feel taken care of by life because life is taking care of you perfectly through all your dramas and all your traumas 24 7 365 every day of your life never asked for anything back never took a weekend off never complained to you even when you complained about it it never complained about you. It just did its job of taking care of you. And that's, by the way, the second part, life, life energy. When you feel taken care of, then it's like, okay, it doesn't have to be about me anymore. Where can I help? What needs to be done? And then you start looking at what do you have talent for? What is the biggest splash I can make for good in a lifetime with one body? Uh, and, and what... And what is the biggest thing that needs to most be done that I can take on? And when you look at it that way, you end up taking on bigger projects, taking on more important projects, and that's even good for your business mm -hmm. because you're not looking to get taken care of. You're actually saying, hey, the, bigger, you know, the biggest thing I can do where people need help is going to be also the biggest market. And yeah. you can do that because it ain't about you anymore. It's actually really about helping. But you can't be clean in helping if there's always an element of, yeah, but I got to extract my well-being out of what I'm doing. Right. You, yes. you, that's not clean. That's not, you're not really giving. You're, 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 you're give-taking, <laughs> you know, <laughs> whatever you want to call that. So, so, so do you feel then that a lot of, you know, cause I totally get it. I mean, we all want to feel content and taken care of and all of that, which is great. Um, I mean, it's fun, foundational, it's super important, but do you yeah. feel that in the world today that people are sort of fulfilling this in a very knee jerk type uh, fashion, you know, where everything is immediate, uh, sort of the analogy I like to use is the, the new car experience, you know, where you go and buy a new car and for the first week, it's like, oh man, this new car is amazing, right? And after yeah. a couple of months, it's like, well, you know, it's just my car now. And yeah. so all of these immediate sort of satisfaction, 
type experiences are very short-lived and it leaves us constantly searching for more yeah. um, instead of actually looking inwards. Uh, yeah, because, yeah. Yeah, yeah, because we haven't done what we need to do in order to really feel taken care of long-term because we're always trying to fix it on the outside when, when the problem is on the inside. Uh, let me give you an example. I, was, I gave a talk on peace once because, you know, I came out of a war, so I've given lots of thought to peace. And mm -hmm. peace is in the core of every human being. It's the foundation of life. And it's real as an experience. Uh, so I was giving a talk on that topic in, at the planetarium in Vancouver. And a woman put up her hand and she says, well, with all this talk of peace that you're doing, I hope you're also against violence against women. And it really... It kind of struck me, and I hadn't thought of it that way. But I said to her, you know, I have never heard of, never read about, and never witnessed an act of violence against women by a person in a moment of peace. Mm. And the idea is, look, my state of being creates my world. If I'm in peace, I can see peace everywhere. If I can't see peace Everywhere, it's because peace in me. I'm not looking for peace in me. So I have to connect that first. Then you recognize, wow, peace has always been everywhere. But if I'm afraid, I see danger everywhere. Same world. If I'm angry, I see enemies everywhere. Same world. So my state of being creates my world, creates my perception of the world, right? Because the world is what it is. But mm -hmm. our perception is completely colored by our state of being. So we're literally creating the meaning the world has to us by our state of being. So number one place to make a change, you own your state of being and you can change it. You know, maybe you need to, maybe you can use techniques to do it. Maybe you can get help to find the techniques, but it's the one place where you can make all the difference. And in the middle of the war, you can be in peace because the peace is everywhere. Right. And, and in, the middle, in, the, in the middle of all the crazy stuff that's going on, you can be fulfilled and content and in peace and fully present and whole. And that wholeness will radiate from you into the world through what you say and what you do and, mm -hmm. and what you think mm -hmm. too. And that's how you rebuild the world and the, the issue is that all of the things that need to be done in terms of relationships, in terms of parenting, in terms of environment, in terms of uh, social groups, nations, and all of that, none of that will get done until we change our state of being to the kind of state of being that would create a different world. And it's a personal, individual, internal experiential job that we need to do to get there otherwise yeah. we're fucked i mean yeah. sorry no no that's hey to, to, totally because, fine um, because you look at because you look at everything that's not working in the world in the environment you know mm -hmm. we've 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 been told we've got 12 years to to fix the the global warming stuff you know fossil fuel burning right you see anybody driving cars less nope just as many people are still buying more cars there's a billion cars in the world they burn up four or five times more oxygen than all the people breathing. All the animals that we, we grow, they, they burn up another five, five or ten times more oxygen than all the people breathing. 
and we haven't even talked about all the re- all the rest of the gadgets and uh, yeah. air conditioning yeah. and 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 central heating and all of that. And so we're burning. You know, my car when I drive my car, it burns 500 to to 700 times more oxygen in the time I drive it than I burn by breathing in that same time. So mm-hmm. we're doing some stuff here that is way out of line, but nobody's changing because nobody is content because they think their happiness depends on their car and depends on doing what they've always done that is actually wrecking everything. And so number one thing has to change is our sense, our experience of our own lives. I mean, you're really getting into some uh, some pretty um, d- deep, sort of almost like yogic kind of stuff, you know. Where um, you know, because I've I've gone off the deep end on the spiritual path. Uh, yeah. I've read a lot of stuff. I've practiced a lot yeah. of that over the years, and you know, so I totally agree with what you're saying. But just just to sort of um, push back a little bit on one point, I mean, yeah. you, you know the way I see it is, you know, everyone wants change, but we don't really want change because change means that we all have to change what we're doing and we have to change our lifestyle. And, you know, you'll get people that will say, Hey, we're living relatively in one of the most peaceful times in history and look at all the progress we've made, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, and, and, and I I share a lot of your sentiments where, Mm -hmm. you know, I know that we have to make changes. I mean, that that's, there's no question about that, but I guess the question more is, is how, how do we do that? You know, as a global society, how do we really do that? Because try and walk up to the average person in the street and say, right, guess what? No more car for you. And guess what? No more packaged food for you. And you're going to have to grow, grow your own food. I mean, so I, and those are just some examples, but what are your thoughts on that? You know, so that we can kind of make this a little bit more tangible for those people listening. Yeah. Well, let me let me start with a a cartoon that I saw. Two pictures. Somebody at a podium and a whole big audience. And he says, "Who wants change?" Everybody's hands go up. Right. Everybody's always talking about change, change, change. They don't even know what they want to change it to, but they want change. Something different. The mind gets tired very quickly. It always wants more diversions, more entertainment, more something new. And then the second one is, "Who wants to change?" And no hands go up. So we want everybody else to change for us. We don't right. want to change for them, and we don't want to change for ourselves. Mm. And it will the the way the the system works is it will get worse and worse until not changing is more painful than changing. Yeah. Now how do we how do we change? Well, we can do it through wisdom, or we can do it through pain. It's always the same, right? You're always between a carrot and a stick. Mm-hmm. You can you can chase the carrot simply because feel being fully present in all of your being is the most profoundly beautiful and magnificent experience that it is possible for a human being to have. And I know that from the little bit of it that I experience because I actually do a practice. I don't wait until the shit hits the fan before I do the self-presence or self-knowledge practice. I find human nature really uh uh really interesting really uh i'm i'm i i would say i'm obsessed with it because human beings could be so incredible i mean they are by nature so incredible but because they don't pay attention to how incredible they are they don't know how incredible they are and they get depressed and then they do stupid things or they get unhappy and they do stupid things or they get mad 
and they do stupid things. Or they just feel like, yeah, whatever, and they do, yeah, whatever things. So the, the issue is, how do you do that? Well, you can do it through yoga, but I'm not advocating yoga. Just yeah. be practical. You know, spend a little, you know, we, we work hard and then we play hard, but that's not balance. Balance requires that we do nothing just as hard as we work hard and play hard. Yeah. And to yeah. take time to do nothing, to be, just to be, to, you know, to sit down, shut up, sit still, see how long you can sit still, see how deeply still you can get and feel what that feels like. And you and and when you when you you know when after as soon as you get out of your addiction to doing shit, mm-hmm. and you you've learned to sit still, you say, "Oh my God, I had no idea. I had no idea. I had no idea that Buddha lives inside of me. I had no idea that what the masters talked about was inside is inside of every human being. I had no idea how unbelievably connected I am to." You know, the, the field, which is the, sci- the physicist way of yeah, saying God, yeah, yeah. right? The field is God. Or the, the light, which is what the religious people call the master. Because the master lives inside of you. Life is the master. Unconditional mm-hmm. love. All power. All knowledge. All presence inside of you is life. That's the, <laughs> that's the yeah. definition of the master. And you have that in you. And mastery of full presence is probably the single most rewarding thing to do in your life because one day your body's going to crap out anyway and your beliefs, beliefs are all made up so they don't have real <laughs> reality, right? You know, it's, they're not called belief systems or BS for, you know, for, for a reason. True. You know, and nothing you believe is true, and nothing you think is true until you dedicate your life and your body to it and then create a reality in the shape of that belief. Mm-hmm. But the belief itself just puts a restriction on your potential. Well, it's going to be this way. Well, I'm going to get a house and, a, and a this and a that, and I'm going to be a, a doctor or a, or a lumberjack or, you know, I, I've done many of those jobs. And that's, that's all good. But who are you inside of, in the middle of all that? And that's what's missing. And that is a single self-responsible issue. Nobody can make you do it. But there is something in you that makes that worthwhile. And it's called heartache or the thirst of the heart. When your heart aches because grandma died or your dog died or uh, your girlfriend, boyfriend dumped you, Or, you know, everybody knows what that feels like, a pain in your chest. That's actually not about those people. That's your heart calling your attention to come back home to life. And when you do, the heartache goes away. Then you can have relationships where where you're not trying to force the other person to fulfill you. That's why relationships don't work, because that's not what they're made for. And when you feel, when you take responsibility for being present in your own life and you find somebody who also takes responsibility for doing that in their life, then you can dance, then you can have fun, then you can, 
then you can come up with great things to do because your fulfillment is not the responsibility of your partner. Your fulfillment is your homework before you go into a relationship. That's right. like this is serious stuff. Yeah. No, and, and, and you know, it's, it's spot on. I, I tell you, I'm, I'm happy to just hear you because you're really, uh, as, as I hear you talk, you know, I'm reminded of certain things in my own life where, yeah. you know, I went through a rough divorce and um, it, it was on the tail end of doing a lot of spiritual work and I won't get into the details there. But, yeah. you know, one of the things, you know, the, the, the big sort of thing that you're alluding to here and you're suggesting is really contemplation, right? Is to sit in a contemplative state. Yeah, and I remember yeah, yeah, whatever exactly. you call it. Exactly. it that, you know, some people call it meditation. If that means sitting still and and getting present to the, the to the within you, then you know it doesn't matter what you call it. And I exactly. say to people sometimes, if you could li lie down in a creek and lick the bottom of the rocks in the creek, and that would get you to that place, then I would recommend you do it. Yeah. The point is yeah. how you do it. The point is that you do it. Is that you do it, that, exactly. That exactly. you actually get fully present to the magnificence of your own existence. Because no matter what anybody told you about you not being good enough or you being stupid or you being this or that or whatever you've told yourself being stupid and being not enough and not being loved and all of that stuff, that's all garbage. That's all bullshit. Mm -hmm. Because the truth is, as a human being, as a life in a human form, you are filled with magnificence that has never been affected by any of the crap that you've done and any of the thoughts you had and anything ever, anybody ever told you. Why not feast on that? There's a feast there that is yours. If you don't, it's a gift, it's a feast, it's a, it's a treasure that it's only for you within you because nobody else can enjoy it for you. And if you don't enjoy it, then it's a completely wasted gift. Mm. Why are we wasting that gift when, you know, and, and then out of, out of not, not uh, enjoying that gift, we're messing up the whole planet and each other and ourselves. It's like mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. WTF. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? So... So really, you know, we're, we're, we're talking about um, this contemplative state. We're talking about sitting in silence. And, yeah. you know, it, it reminds me, you know, after, after divorce, um, I was working as a stonemason, right? And rough days, yeah. really hard days at work. Mm -hmm. And um, I would come home from work and I would, you know, it was, it was very stressful. And I would just sit. I would just come home and just sit on the couch for, for yeah. like two, three hours, make some food, sit on the couch and just sit. No yep. TV, no radio. And so as I hear you say that, you know, I, I often wondered to myself um, in that moment, I just sort of, I never really thought about why I did that. I just did mm -hmm. it. You know, it was almost like this instinctive, intuitive type of, uh, of thing because, yeah. you know, everything else was so chaotic and so busy around me that that, that was my moment of solitude and, and peace and quiet. Yeah. And so I didn't want to watch a TV, watch the TV or listen to music or whatever. It was more come home, sit down and sit with yourself. Yeah. And, and, and I, I totally agree with you. I mean, no one really does that um, these days. You yeah, know, meditation it, it, is one thing for five minutes or whatever, but sitting yeah. like that for a long time, is, 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 it's difficult. It's not yeah. easy. Um, yeah, well, it's, but it's difficult only because we're addicted to action and we don't practice sitting still. Well, and, know, and we, also, also I think that, we, that, that 
a lot of people, um, and by no means, you know, I'm no saint here. I'm not a master of anything, but I just feel generally that we don't have good relationships with ourselves. Yeah, um, because well, how how can you have a good relationship with yourself when you're never present with yourself? Right, right. and being <laughs> right? And, what, and what we do with our senses take us out into the world, and we've become really good at doing that because we do it all the time. Mm-hmm. How much time have and that also that happens automatically. This is part of the way human beings are built. That happens automatically. It's important for survival. But to go back to yourself, you have to do that deliberately. And it's not easy. No. But you have to sit through the momentum that you have of always going out and not never going in. So once you sit through that momentum, you know, I, I started as a discipline for me. And I got to tell you, I look forward to the time that I spend with myself. And honestly, mm-hmm. I can sit in quiet and know that I am the richest person that I know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because, because the, in the life that we have, when we get to know it, we get, Hey, this is the treasure on the planet. This is the planet that has life on it. That is the treasure. Everything we do ought to be in service to life and lead to self presence in life mm-hmm. that really makes sense hacking down the trees to build bigger houses makes a lot less sense than that yeah. i'm not against big houses but i am against destroying the environment in the process because you you don't want to be or making money right you want to eventually you'll have a planet with a big pile of money on it and nothing can live on it what good and, is and we can't money? eat money <laughs> money is supposed to serve life yeah and, yeah. and, and our thinking and our acting is supposed to serve life. You know, it's like, duh. Yeah, I know it, it is. It is so simple when you put it like that and you really think about it. It's, it's, it's yeah. very self-evident, but you know, I think a lot of us uh, get wrapped up in the day to day and we get distracted. I mean, I think society yeah. is, is built to distract us and that's yeah, so where, you know, I mean, that, that, that's, that's cap. I don't want to say capitalism in that sense, but I mean, that's the economy. The economy is built on distractions, you know, plain and simple. Um, yeah. You know, whether it's not just entertainment, but it's gadgets, it's uh, the latest shiny object. I mean, all of these things are, are there to really yeah. take us away from ourselves. And, yeah, and I, have a, I have a quote on that. Google can get you everything except yourself. True, unless you Google yourself, but it's still. <laughs> no, but you don't get yourself when you Google yourself. No, this is, this is true. Um, because so- because, because you, the depth of your being is outside of the world of words. It's in, a, in, the, in the realm of pure experience. Mm-hmm. And that Google can't give you. Yeah. Um, and Google can't give you really good health advice either for those of you listening out there. Well, that's also true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you, Google Dr. has Google. everything both good and bad advice. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, Udo, just to sort of move us along here, cause I know your time yeah. is precious and you do have to get going. Yeah. Um, just moving forward into these sort of, um, eight key parts. Uh, yeah. the next one you have is health is vital energy. Um, yeah. You know, so we perhaps you can speak to that, that a little bit. So, so the first one was internal awareness. Mm-hmm. That's in the, to, to get to the core of your being and be aware of what you're aware of. So the second one is life energy, or what you call it, vital energy. We just talked about that. The energy that keeps you alive, that energy, it knows everything about you, fills you completely, uh, runs the show, weighs nothing, but runs everything. Mm -hmm. Weighs nothing, runs everything. 
And you can, you know, if you know how to bring your awareness inside, you can see it, you can hear it, you can feel it, and you can even taste it. What does life taste like? <laughs> good question, right? That is a really good question. Yeah. I used to say, I'd like to stay awake when I fall asleep because I want to know where I go when I sleep. Right? Yeah. Where am I? Who am I when I sleep? So, uh, so, but it's, it's, you can see it. There is light in your body. Energy, life yeah. is energy. Energy yeah. is sunlight. There is light in your body. There is a sound in your body. There is, there is a feeling. A little bit we know that, but mostly our feeling is when we get, sometimes when your heart gets touched, you're getting mm -hmm. a glimpse of what that feeling sound, uh, feels like. Uh, and then there's a taste, and mostly hardly anybody knows or talks about it. So that mm -hmm. one, and that's your, that's your individual essence, where the internal awareness is your contact to the universal essence. Right. Uh, which, which then produces essentially boundless energy, right? I mean, that, that's unlimited yeah, that's, energy. Well, and it's everything. It's, I mean, it's the foundation out of which everything comes, uh, on which everything exists, and into, into which everything falls back when its cycle is done. We're mm -hmm. talking about universes and planets yeah, and yeah, bodies yeah. and atoms and, and cells and everything. Okay? Then the third one is inspired creativity. Mm -hmm. That inspiration is just the shine off of the life energy. When you're in touch with that energy, you're inspired. Not only that, but the world of possibilities opens up because energy is formless, and so is awareness. And in formlessness is, are all the possibilities. Anything can come out of it. That's where genius comes from. That's where inventions come from. That's where art comes from. That's where things that have never been never existed come from. That's where the technological gadgets come from, you know, that made Apple and, and mm -hmm. Microsoft and, you know, Oracle and all of those people rich and famous. Yeah. Comes out of, a, out of inspiration. And it's the bridge between life and the physical world. And out of it, I call it, it's, it's part of mind. It's the creative part of mind. And then the fourth one is the body. And then we get into food and fitness, food, water, air. You know, the entire body is made out of light, mm -hmm. oxygen, water, and food. And food has like 45 essential nutrients plus a whole bunch of things in herbs and spices, you know, and, and um, that, that's the realm that we, it's, 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 it's complicated. The awareness and life energy are much simpler than that, but that's where we spend most of our time. You know, even though we are not the body, like when, if I say to you, whose body is that? And I point at you, you're going to say, that's my body, right? Mm -hmm. You say, that's my body. You're telling me that you are not the body. You're telling me that you are the owner of the body. Right. So who is that owner? If you are not the body, but the owner of the body, what is the owner of the body? And that's the life energy. And that's really your higher, now we're sort of talking higher self, right? I mean, this is really yeah, getting- I don't, I don't like it. I would, I would call it more inner self. Okay, yeah, okay. I call I, it yeah. higher self, some people do. I don't like the, the designation of higher and lower so much. Sure, it's, yeah. Okay. It's, it's judgmental. Do you, do you feel, you know, just, just to sort of like stop on body health, you know, 
and, and I, I don't want this to come out wrong, but you know, you just said a minute ago that we tend to spend most of our time here, right? Do you feel like in the sort of health and wellness industry, because it's you know, it's it's become so huge and so popular, which is a really good thing. I mean, people are starting to take better care of themselves, they're tuning into that. But do you find that people tend to bypass a lot of the other stuff and and just sort of focus more on going to the gym and eating right and that that's my lot you know i'm, I'm good that that's healthy yeah, it's, it's you know it's just an extension of look at we we even though we are life we spend most of our time on our body so you eat for your body you drink for your body you breathe for your body you have sex for your body you sleep for your body you go to the can for your body yeah. you pee for your body you know and then you you know so so we, you know, you dress for your body, you undress for your body, you shower for your body, you brush your teeth for your body, you know, so almost everything. And then you get a job and you work for money to deal, to get all the gadgets you need to deal with your body. So we fundamentally, even though we are life, we spend most of our time focused on the body. That's just the nature of it. And, and, and that, 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 that's that, a great because, response. Yeah. Because, because of that physical... Uh, uh, because of our, um, how do we say it, almost exclusive attention to the physical, it makes sense that people who haven't looked a little deeper and haven't really fulfilled their own existence and live in that fulfillment, that they would be talking about food and fitness. Food and fitness, food and fitness, food and fitness. Yeah. Nothing wrong with it. It's important. But mm -hmm. to me, the body is a servant. I don't want to neglect it and I don't want to indulge it because I want it to serve me for as long as it can. But my purpose is not my body, because even if I get really good at food and fitness, one day my body is going to crap out. So we're putting all this energy into something that's temporary. I call it a, a worthwhile but losing proposition. <laughs> when, when at the same time we could actually give some energy to thriving, which takes mm -hmm. us back to life, energy, and awareness. And that thriving will never end even when the body craps out. Right. And that, that's really the sort of soul. Uh, that, that, that's your soul just existing beyond your physical yeah. self. Yeah. Whatever, you, whatever you call that. Something right. indestructible in us that, that picked up a body, that maintains that body, and that will one day dump the body. And we are that indestructible thing in our essence. Right. The body is the shell. You know, when people die, you know, people say, oh, yeah, you know, I looked at the body and, 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 and uh, Julia wasn't there anymore, you know, mm -hmm. or, you know, I, I saw the body, but grandma was gone, or, yeah. you know, we, because it's just a shell. Yeah. It's yeah. the shell that houses life and life is what we are. So... The, the, the next one that you have, I really, really love actually is called, um, and I'm just, I'm just sort of paraphrasing here, but survival smarts. Survival um, smarts. It's a second part of mind. And mm -hmm. survival smarts has a lot to do with skills. It's, it's the bridge between us and the rest of the world, like between our body and the, and the physical world, where there are dangers and, and emergencies and crises that happen. And sometimes we manufacture those crises, so they're mental crises. They're not really crises, but they're just but they trigger our crisis intervention. So there are skills involved then, like the first responders. They're very skilled people. How do you go into a burning house and and haul out the people? How do you go into a war and and uh, you know 
kill people who you've defined as enemies. There's a whole, there's a lot more to it than that. So one is skill set, but the other one is to be solid in your own being. We tend to train people in the skills, but you hear stories very often. They go into, you know, they, they do their simulations and they became good soldiers and they've passed all their tests and they really know how to know, use their rifle and they know what to do. And they know how to deal with their buddies. And then something happens in the, in the, when they get into the war zone, uh, something explodes or something, and then they all go crazy. And then sometimes they shoot each other because they get completely lost from their skill set because something deeper than their skill set took place. And, um, you know, so, so it's important to have that calmness that comes from knowing your indestructible self as well as the skill set that you need for whatever the emergency is. Both are important, and that's a, that's a big role. That's about caring for life, protecting life, saving life, uh, you know, helping life. So that's, that's, and that's mental. That's part of the mind. Right. So do you feel as well that survival smarts, you know, because uh, a couple of things that you wrote in the book here, competent response to stress and to changes, you know, in, in a world, you know, especially in today's modern environment, I mean, I tend to look at uh, less at balance and more at adaptation. You know, I mean, um, change, adaptation is really um, maintaining your grace, if you will, or composure in an ever-changing environment. Right. But how can you how can you keep your composure if you've never connected to it? Oh, totally. So you know, totally. I mean, you yeah. you had that composure when you're in your mother's belly. You know, I call it the Buddha tank. You know, you 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 were floating around in a in in. In a, in a safe environment, there was nothing to do. There was nothing for your senses to go out too much. So you're just hanging out in a, in a perfect place, and your awareness was at rest inside, in its source, in life. Then when you came out into the world, you had to get to know the world, and you lost that uh, connection to yourself. That's, right. that's, and that's yeah. part of the human journey. Yeah. In yeah, order, and it's learning, in, right? I mean, in order to be a really good first responder, you have to find your way back to that place where you know that you're okay, because that's where your power is, that's where your confidence is, that's where your well-being is, that's where it's so far beyond dying that when you need to risk something in order to save something, you may not be, you know, you, you may not get caught up in the crisis and then freak out and then go, oh, oh, go, oh, oh, you know, and become incapable of doing what you need to do. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. That, part is not tra- that part is not trained as effectively in first responder training as it ought to be. Right. But it shouldn't just be, we shouldn't just train it so we can be good first responders. We should train it because that's where our fulfillment and our power and our beauty as human beings lives inside of each one of mm-hmm, us. Mm-hmm. And I, f- I feel, I feel to a large degree, I mean, you know, you say first responders in it's more of a sort of official capacity, but I feel like, you know, as modern human beings, especially in the West, well, actually everyone really for that matter. Um, I, I, I feel I feel like we are responding all the time, you know, and, well, and we are, yeah, around us is, yeah. In, in 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 the way you're talking about it, we are all first responders because we all have crisis and and exactly. in our life yeah. that we need to deal with. Yeah, yeah, it helps if something beyond change meets what is changing. It helps 
if you can see the change and address the change and at the same time be present to something in you that doesn't change. That's yeah. like your mother's that's like your mother's hand when you're a little kid. Something you can depend on, something that is there for you, something that will not change no matter what else happens on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. That's really, really helpful to have from a very practical point of view. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So number seven is um, you, you talk about health is respect, reverence, and gratitude for nature. No, um, no, no. Number, number we've got to do six first. Six is social group. Right. Okay. Sorry. I'm, I'm getting ahead of us here. Group, again, you know, if, if you are not present in your own life, who are you in a group? And the tendency mm -hmm. is if you don't know who you are, then you get bowled over by whatever people push at you. And in groups, one of the biggest issues is being a member and being constructive and being helpful to the group, but not losing your, your talents and your individuality to the group. And oh, when man. you lose your individuality, then you become like often people become in groups. You have each other's backs and you actually tear down the group because you're not addressing shit that happens that needs to be addressed, needs to be exposed, and then you hide it, and you're actually destroying the group when you do that. When your loyalty is more to truth than to the group, you actually build the group because you build the group on truth. Exactly. If you build the group on lies, how can you function on lies? You can't make decisions. You can't make good, take, make good choices when the information you have to make them on is not true. And, and I, I call that, I call um, lying a form of dictatorship because you literally take away people's choice when you lie to them. And because of that, uh, it's, it's bad for the social system. If you look at all the lies in politics and in business and everywhere, I mean, everywhere in relationships, everywhere, that's what is destroying the social fabric in which we live. And I don't want to pick a country or, you know, or yeah, anything. Yeah. It's worldwide. It is we worldwide. Have, we yeah. have truth in us and, we have, and we're very good at making up lies because we have a good imagination. It is very helpful to put the ima imagination aside and stick to what is actually true and what is actually going on. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I feel like a lot of the group, you know, you talk about group mentality and, and yeah. Uh, j just, yeah, I, I feel like in today's society and culture, um, this whole group mentality, especially with, you know, if you throw social media into the melting pot here, I feel like it's really, really um, led us down a path where we've become a lot more polarized and yeah. um, d d d divisive in our sort of discourse, you know, with one yeah. another. And then yep. also what happens is it reinforces these same beliefs because you start seeing and hearing the same things that you believe in and you never actually see things that are that challenge that and that force you to reevaluate what you believe. And and I, I feel I feel like the sort of um digital space is really, really um reinforcing all of this stuff and it's not good. Yep. Um, yep. I agree. So and then after that, after that we got nature. Uh, nature is resources and, uh, and a little bit of danger. And literally, uh, you know, we, living the way we do, we hack down the trees, but, but we, you know, we, we drill the oil wells, and when the well goes dry, we leave all that shit lying around. Mm -hmm. You know, we, we as, as free people, we make messes, and then we don't clean them up. 
you know, and to, to live in line with the natural system. Everything follows cycles. We need to live within those cycles, not waste, take what we need, give what we don't need, and don't take more than we need. And we need to, because we're a pretty big uh, effect on the system, we need to have our systems of replenishing nature, like planting trees, for instance. Uh, we need to have that as, as profoundly well-developed as we have all of the industries that, that take away those resources and don't replace them are. Yeah, couldn't, couldn't agree with you more. And I think a lot of our audience, you know, those folks listening, um, I think that yeah. that's one aspect that I think we all get, you know, living in harmony with nature, taking care yeah. of nature. I think that's, you know, something that's front and center when you look at um, especially the health and wellness space. Uh, so the last one, not- I think, you know, the last one, I think really sort of pulls all of yeah. this together, um, calm presence, right? Yeah, well, uh, yeah, I call that the big picture, you know, yeah. being being okay with and accepting that you're a little your body is a little temporary blip in a very <laughs> in a very big universe and being okay with that because because it that's how it is and having mm-hmm. and and when that's taken care of calm presence becomes your dominant emotion calm presence because you're okay with how it is and again, that goes back to the internal awareness, the big picture and the internal awareness. You are a, a, a center in a, an infinite universe from the internal awareness point of view. But mm-hmm. you don't get connected to the big picture by going outward. You go get connected by going to the core of your being. And then you realize that that awareness is not limited to your body. That awareness has no limits. And to live in that, so that's in, in the religious thing, they, some people have said, well, I live in God and God lives in me. And so that's not a bad way to say it if, you, if you're religious. Or the field, I live in the field and the field lives in me. Mm-hmm. But it's experiential, you know, and all of this stuff, it's not useful as a head trip. Right. You actually have to, you actually have to experience what that is. Mm-hmm. Well, Udo, um, I know that you have to get going, uh, yeah. so I do want to be conscious of your time. But um, I do, I, you know, I, I feel like we could probably speak for another hour. Um, so I do thank you for your time, and um, I've, it's been a, a truly enlightening discussion. And for those folks listening, I hope you've enjoyed this. Uh, it's it's definitely a different type of podcast, which I love. And um, just in terms of wrapping up, Udo, uh, any final words from your side? Where can people find you? Uh, anything you want to share with us? Yeah, this, this is uh, uh, UdoErasmus.com. Um, that's where uh, Udo, uh, Udo'sChoice.com is where my products are. And UdoErasmus.com is where w- what we're talking about. We're just building that platform, and there's quite a few nice posts on it. Great. You can check yeah. it out. And then I'm, I'm, I'm not hard to find. I'm on, on the Internet. I got YouTube channel and uh facebook and instagram 
yeah. you can find me in all of those places. Okay, awesome. So um, for those of you listening out there, um, you check out the show notes, first of all. So go back to the website or on your phone. And I'm going to put the links that Udo just uh, rattled off there. I'm going to put those in the show notes so you can find him. Uh, you can find his book and his work. Uh, I would strongly encourage you to pick up a copy of his book, Total Sexy Health. And yeah, it's, called, wanna... it's called the book, the book on Total Sexy Health because if you just put in Total Sexy Health, you may not find me. Okay, great. So we're going to do that as well. Uh, again, check out the show notes. And um, if you want to geek out on fats and really um, dive deep into that, I would also encourage you to pick up a copy of his book, Fats That Heal, Fats That Kill. Um, it is the definitive book on fats as far as I'm concerned. So Udo, once again, thank you so much for your time. And, All right. Thank you, Brett. And for those of you listening out there, as always, if you enjoyed today's show, please consider subscribing, reviewing, sharing this with your friends and family, and helping me to bring uh, more awesome guests like Udo. So uh, thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch up with you next episode. Bye.